Welcome to the Blind Android Users Channel. This is your source for everything Android tutorials and demos, all from a blindness perspective. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more content like this. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 87 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Today is Saturday, August 6, 2022. I'm Warren Carr, and I'm here with my host, most especially so thankful that our brother Cam is back with us, feeling better. I have Fidan, Austin Pinto, and a very important guest, Tal Hassan, the developer of the multilingual TTS engine. Coming up, we've got announcements, followed by the Android Basics segment. Then we have the Spotlight, and Tal, of course, is going to be in the Spotlight. And that would be followed by Austin's unboxing of the Pixel 6a. We close today's episode with my normal talkback highlights. Guys, welcome to episode 87. And Cam, let's start with you, man. You've been gone for a while because you've not been feeling well. And bro, we're so happy to see you back with us. Uh, give us a little bit of update and whether you're now eating well and all of that great stuff. Or maybe even drinking beer if you want to. Oh man, a beer would taste so good right now. Um, overall, you know, I'm getting back to normal. I've just been fighting off a nasty ass sinus infection, which took my voice away for the last two weeks. So a little hoarse, but you know, coming back to normal. So, you know, things are going good. That is beautiful, Cam. We're so happy that you are back and most especially you're back on the mend. Fidan, what's going on with you, girl? I know you're out there in that garden. Uh, I, I hope you don't have a beer tent in that garden, do you? No, I've got a coffee at the moment, even though um, it's nearly gin o'clock, I think. But um, now I have a coffee at the moment and an orange juice ice lolly because it's a beautiful day here. And um, And it's been nice this week. It's been quite warm, but not ridiculous like when the heat nearly melted us a couple of weeks ago um i'm very busy i've been doing accordion practice for a gig on wednesday which is an outdoor gig so that might be interesting because it's supposed to be up to 30 degrees on wednesday um and lots of homework for my preacher training studies for the methodist church and preparing for services so i'm very very busy um so yeah, uh, enjoying life. Wonderful, Fee. Austin, what's going on, bro? So things are going on good here. I just got my Pixel 6a some days back and I've unboxed it for the podcast. The rains have uh, started again. We are getting some light spells of rain. So the temperature is in the bearable zone, I can say. And uh, that's all that is going on. Great. Hey, Tal, we're going to be talking with you, but how are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm great. In, in Hebrew, we say we have no complaints. Like everything is, uh, <laughs> there's a saying in Hebrew, everything is, uh, everything is great. Nothing everything is good. Nothing give me, to complain about. Give me some of that. That's a beautiful attitude. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, sounds, it sounds a bit like the British, you know. How are you? Mustn't grumble, you know. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, my pleasure. 
We now turn on to our announcements. And Austin, you get some announcements, don't you? Yeah, so the last week that I made the announcement, I had requested listeners to donate to us. Any amount would be appreciated so that we could contribute to the expenditure of running the podcast. And I must thank the listeners. They have really generously donated. Someone, a person by the name, someone donated. Another person by the name, someone donated. Pete from Accessible Android has donated. And John Dyer has donated. So thanks to all the listeners who donated. And do keep donating. All amounts are appreciated. And we will make sure that we keep going and give you a lot of educational content down the road. And we really thank you guys. And frankly, this is so great because it helps in a lot of ways. And, you know, we want people to feel free to be able to contribute if you're able to. And we say able to. And frankly, if we have enough, if we're able to, we could even buy a review unit. And when we're done reviewing that unit, we'll just have like a lottery or whatever um, donated to one of the listeners who really has a need for it. Or I don't know how we'll go about doing that. But in the event that we have enough, that's some of the dreams that I have, you know, be able to do something like that. And then, you know, give it to someone, one of the listeners. Maybe someone could write an essay if they're a student or something like that. And that could also be helpful to them. So when you're doing this, you're helping our website. And in the buy and buy, if we have enough, we could buy a unit that we could review and then bless someone with it. Could do like a competition. Exactly. So they have to write something or answer a question or something. Um, yeah. And, you know, whatever you can, even if it's a dollar, you know, people sometimes think, oh, you know, I don't have enough or whatever. Uh, frankly, to me, I think even if everyone donates a penny, you know, that, that goes a long way. So uh, it's totally up to you guys. And we truly thank those of you that have done so. And those of you that have not been able to, we also appreciate it because times are tough. And so we totally understand that. Don't feel bad if you don't donate something. It's all good. We truly appreciate it for all, all that's going on. Now let's move on to our next segment, and that will be the Android Basic segment. And this week we're doing the Privacy, Permissions, Account Activity, and Personal Data Part 2. I will now go into this area and we'll take a look at the Permissions Manager. That's the one we're focusing on this week. I'll now go into Privacy, Permissions, Account Activity, and Personal Data. Privacy, Permissions, Account Activity, Personal Data. I'll tab here to activate. Privacy. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. Now I'm going to tab on Permissions Manager. Last week, Fee showed us this on the Samsung phone, and today I'm looking at it from the Pixel viewpoint. And I would like to believe that this is true with some of the stock devices, such as Sony, Motorola, and Nokia. So let's go into Permissions Manager and see what we have here. I'll now navigate to the Permissions Manager. 
Permission Manager, Control App Access to Your Data in List. Control App Access to Our Data. I'll tap here. Permission Manager, Back, Button, Out of List. The first item that we find in this Permissions Manager will be... Body Sensors, Zero of Zero Apps Allowed in List. Body Sensors. Let's tap here to see what this is all about. Body Sensors, Back, Button, Out of List. Body sensors, apps with this permission can access sensor data about your vital signs, heading, in list. And so basically about your vital signs and these apps could have access to it. Let's see what we've got. Allowed, heading. Under the heading allowed, I've got. No apps allowed. None allowed. Next. Not allowed, heading. Under not allowed, I've got. No apps denied. No apps denied either. Let's go back to the previous screen and look at the next category. Permission Manager, Body Sensors, Zero of Zero Apps Allowed, in List. From Body Sensors, we move to... Calendar, 5 of 15 Apps Allowed. Calendar, and I am told that there are a total of 5 apps that are allowed out of some 15 apps. Let's go in here and look at some of those. Calendar, Out of List. Calendar. Calendar, apps with this permission can access your calendar, heading, in list. And let's look under allowed. Allowed, heading. Android Auto. Android Auto. Calendar, accessed in past 24 hours. Gmail. Gmail. Google, accessed in past 24 hours. Wear OS by Google, accessed in past 24 hours. Not allowed, heading. And then not allowed and most of the apps below here or all of the apps, rather, below here will not be allowed, and some of them would be... Chroma Keyboard Clock Discover On and on we'll go. I'll go back to the previous screen and let's look at the next category. Permission Manager Calendar, 5 of 15 apps allowed, in list. Below Calendar, we've got... Call Logs, 7 of 12 apps allowed. Call logs, and we are told that seven apps are being allowed. And let's go in here and see which apps these are. Call logs. Back, button, out of list. And the summary is? Call logs. Apps with this permission can read and write phone call log, heading, in list. Let's go. Allowed, heading. We've got? Android Auto. Duo. Google, accessed in past 24 hours. Google Fi. Phone, accessed in past 24 hours. Telegram. Wear OS by Google. Not allowed, heading. And then we come to the not allowed heading. And of course, all the apps below here are not allowed. Let's go back to the previous screen. Permission Manager. Call logs, 7 of 12 apps allowed, in list. From call logs, we move on to... Camera, 51 of 153 apps allowed. Camera, and I'm told there are a total of 51 apps allowed. Now, this sometimes doesn't necessarily mean that all the apps have access, but what it simply might mean is that they have access only when in use, and they may not even be actively having access at all, but they are determined as having access because one has placed them in the only 
have access while in use. So let's go in here and see what we have. Camera, back, button, out of list. And the summary here would be. Camera, apps with this permission can take pictures and record video, heading, in list. And then. Allowed all the time, heading. Allowed all the time, meaning apps that have access to the camera all the time. No apps allowed. And of course, none is allowed. So it's just like I was saying earlier, even though there are 51 apps here that are allowed to use the camera, it does not necessarily mean that this app have constant access to my camera. Instead, they only have access when I have the app opened. And some of these would include the following. So you, as you can see, not even my native camera has access to the camera all the time. Allowed only while in use, heading. While in use. 4K Camera Pro. iPoly Vision. Assistive Text Detection. Brink Braille OCR. Brightcam Vision. Camera. Camera 4K Pro. Chrome. Drive. Duo. There you go. These are some of the apps that have access, but they will only have the, that access when I have them running. Let's go back to the previous screen. Permission Manager. Camera, 51 of 153 apps allowed, in list. Now, below camera, we've got the next category, and that will be... Contacts, 20 of 114 apps allowed. Contacts, and I'm told that 20 out of 100 plus are allowed. Let's go in here and see what these apps are. Contacts. Back. Button. Out of list. And its summary would read... Contacts. Apps with this permission can access your contacts. Heading. In list. Let's go from here. Allowed. Heading. Allowed. Acapella TTS Voices. Acapella TTS engine. And the reason why this would have access to your contact is because it needs that to know which account is subscribed to the acapella or is licensed to acapella. And that's the reason why it is among these ones. Let's go to the next. Android Auto. Calendar. Contacts. Accessed in Drive. Duo. And so things like contacts and drive and duo of course if i want to share anything on my drive i'll need access to my contacts so i could pick out who i want to send a file to and things like that the same thing goes to duo if i want to make a call or whatever the case may be i'll need to have access to that contact in order to be able to make such a call let's go back to the previous screen permission manager contacts 20 of 114 apps allowed in list from contacts, we move on to files and media, 131 of 287 apps allowed. Files and media, and this probably is the biggest because the reason being the fact that most apps would need access because whether you are storing recordings from them or you're downloading files using those things or you're accessing some files, they will need to have access. Let's go in here and see what we have. Files and media, back, button, out of list. And here's what that summary says. Files and media, apps with this permission can access photos, media, and files on your device, heading, in list. So media, photos, videos, and all of that 
they all fall in this category. And so we have Allowed to manage all files, heading 4K Camera Pro. Of course, if I'm taking any pictures or any videos, I'll need to be able to store those for viewing. Amanda Voice English US. Amanda Voice TTS. Of course, if I want to have access to the voice data, I need to have access to, or it needs to have access to the files, and thus having this permission. Audio recorder. I don't need to explain this because if I record something, I'll need to be able to have access to its storing what I'm recording. AVS. Another video app. BLB. That's my Bible there. If I want to have an offline Bible, I'll need it to have access to writing files. Let's go back to the previous screen. Permission Manager. Files and Media, 131 of 287 apps allowed in list. From Files and Media, let's move to the next category, and this will be... Location, 28 of 103 apps allowed. Location. This is probably one of the big ones and most important ones. Let's go in here and see which of these apps are having access to my location. Location. Back. Button. Out of list. I'll touch the middle toward the top to hear the summary. Location. Apps with this permission can access this device's location. Heading. In list. So knowing where my device is and... Allowed all the time, heading. Allowed all the time, and of course you can change these things and deny them. Google, last accessed 5.28 p.m. That's Google, and this is a phone that I don't use. Next. Google Fi. My Google Fi, that's my phone service provider, even though I don't have it on here, but I had it on here a little while ago before I switched to my Pixel 6. Nest. Nest, and this will be my thermostat. Uh, it'll know when I'm coming home or when I'm away from home. This time it's hot. I want the house cool when I'm getting home. Allowed only while in use, heading. And then we got allowed only while in use and things like Android Auto, Blind Explorer, Calendar, Camera, Chase, Chrome, Default Print Service, Explore. There you go. And these are some of the many apps that are allowed only while I am using the app. Let's go back to the previous screen. Permission Manager. Location, 28 of 103 apps allowed in list. Moving away from location, we come to... Microphone, 34 of 106 apps allowed. Microphone, and there are a total of some 34 apps out of some 106 plus apps Allowed, let's go in here and see which of these apps have access to my microphone. Microphone. Back. Button. Out of list. And the summary would be... Microphone. Apps with this permission can record audio. Heading. In list. And from here we've got... Allowed all the time. Heading. Allowed all the time. No apps allowed. No apps are allowed to have access to my microphone all the time. However... Allowed only while in use, heading. Allowed only while in use, and some of these are allowed. 4K Camera Pro. Android Auto. Audio Recorder. Audio Lab. As Screen Recorder. Brightcam Vision. Camera. Chrome. And it goes on and on. Let's now go back to the previous screen. Permission Manager. Microphone. 34 of 106 apps allowed in list. 
From recording using the microphone, the next category will be... Nearby devices, 50 of 79 apps allowed. Nearby devices, and we touched a little bit on these, and this would have to do with apps that could uh, have access to like your Bluetooth devices, for example. Let's go in here and see what apps are some of these that have access to my nearby devices. Nearby devices, back, button, out of list. And its summary would be... Nearby devices, apps with this permission can find, connect to, and determine the relative position of nearby devices, heading, in list. And then we've got... Allowed, heading. Under allowed, we've got... At voice allowed reader. At voice allowed reader, of course I want to be able to listen to my books using my Bluetooth device, so therefore it has access to nearby devices. Android Auto. Android System Intelligence. Arlo Secure. That's one of my security cam and all of that. Audio recorder. Let's now go back to the previous screen. Permission manager. Nearby devices, 50 of 79 apps allowed, in list. From nearby devices, the next category that we've got will be... Phone, 16 of 94 apps allowed. I've got a bunch of apps allowed to use the phone. Let's take a look at some of these. Phone. Back. Button. Out of list. And the summary says thus. Phone. Apps with this permission can make and manage phone calls. Heading. In list. And. Allowed. Heading. Android Auto. Contacts. Duo. Google. Accessed in. Google Fi. Accessed. Google Play Store. And on and on it goes. Let's go back to the previous screen. Permission Manager. Phone, 16 of 94 apps allowed, in list. The next category below that phone category will be... Physical Activity, 5 of 11 apps allowed. Physical Activity, and this would include things like maps, I believe, because if I'm walking, it will need to have access to what I'm doing to tell me turn right on so-and-so street, and things like that. Let's go in here and see what the apps are that have access to that physical activity. Physical activity, out of list. Physical and activity. The summary says thus. Physical activity, apps with this permission can access your physical activity, like walking, biking, driving, step count, and more, heading, in list. Aha, exactly window my point. Let's look at it now. Allowed, heading. Under allowed, we've got. Digital well-being. Fit. Fit. Google, accessed in past 24 hours. Maps. Maps. Personal safety. Not allowed. Heading. And then we got to the not allowed. Let's go back to the previous screen. Permission manager. Physical activity. 5 of 11 apps allowed. In list. Below physical activity, the next category we've got will be... SMS. 7 of 13 apps allowed. I've got a total of seven apps that are allowed to send or view SMS messages. Let's go in here and take a look. SMS. Back. Button. Out of list. Its summary goes thus. SMS. Apps with this permission can send and view SMS messages. Heading. In list. Let's go look under. Allowed. Allowed. Heading. Android Auto. Google. Accessed in past. Google Fi. Accessed in. Google Play Store. Messages. Accessed in past. Phone. Wear OS by Google. Not allowed. Heading. 
And we got to the next, uh, not allowed. Let's go back to the previous screen. Permission manager. SMS, 7 of 13 apps allowed in list. From SMS, the next category we've got is... Additional permissions, four more. We are told additional permissions and four more. Let's tap here and see what these are. Additional permissions. Back, button, out of list. Additional permissions. Car information, zero of zero apps allowed, in list. Car information, zero apps allowed. Install shortcuts, zero of zero apps allowed. Next. Read instant messages, zero of one apps allowed. Read instant messages, zero of one apps allowed. In other words, I think we've talked about this in one of our uh, episodes, but this is where you could go in and allow something like the Google Frame services so that when you get a message, it can be read aloud to you. It's up to you. I don't have it allowed, but if I go in here, you'll see what I'm talking about. Read instant messages. Back, button, out of list. Read instant messages. Apps with this permission can read data from the Google Talk content provider. Heading in list. So, for example, if I have an app that I wanted to be able to use my or read my instant messages or incoming messages, I'll have to do that. And here I got allowed heading. Under allowed, I've got nothing. No apps allowed. And then not allowed heading. Not allowed. Google Services Framework. Google Services Framework. I could enable this so it could read my incoming messages, but I don't like hearing my messages get read aloud, so I don't have any of those running. Let's go back to the previous screen. Additional permissions. Read instant messages, zero. And the other one would be the right. Write instant messages, zero of one apps allowed. And it's the same thing. If we go in here, you're going to see that same Google Frame services. Let's go back to the previous screen now. Permission Manager. Additional permissions, four more, in list. That would be the last one in there, but then there's a little item in here that says... To protect your data, permissions have been removed from apps that you haven't used in a few months. So in other words, there are some apps that have been removed because I haven't been using this phone in quite a while. So in other words, if you don't use an app or you don't use your phone for a while, or you don't use an app on your phone for a while, after a while, that permission would be automatically revoked because that app has not been used. And I don't remember if this is something that started with Android 12 or even goes back to Android 11. I would like to think that it goes back to Android 11, but I'm not very sure about that as I don't have one handy now to look at it. But that is what this permissions manager is all about. And now, guys, let's talk about some of these things that we like and some that we don't really care about. Well, that's it about that permissions manager. So you guys, I think I want to start by saying that for me, though, the thing that I really like, and, you know, guys, correct me, I think this uh, granular control probably started back with Pi, even though it wasn't quite there. But I think we have semblance of this permissions uh, management, uh, finer permission management starting back with Android Pie, wasn't it? I think so. And it kept getting better and better with Android 10 and Android 11 and Android 12. And even now that we're on 13 beta, it's even a whole lot better. And so for me, I think what I like is especially the ability to say, hey, you know, if I haven't used this app, 
in such a long time, then those permissions will be revoked. I think that's one of my favorites. How about you guys? I like the amount of control that it gives you over lots of different things. And the fact that you can look in there and see when a permission was last used, like, and which app used it, like the camera or the microphone or something, um, because it can tell you sometimes it's, it might be that you didn't realize an app was using that. So um, that that can be helpful. Or I guess there could be another, the other way around of that is that you could have an app that's not working properly. And it might be because you have to give it permission to, I don't know, use GPS if it's a, an app for finding your way or nobody can hear you on a call because you haven't given it permission for the microphone, you know, um, yeah, I think it's it's good and it's quite intuitive the way that um, the settings are. Most of them are pretty, and that when they might be a bit more complicated, there's a little explanation-y thing um, reading out what that's for. That's quite good. Even I like the permissions manager, but one thing that I don't like is what Google has done is whenever you try to disable the permission for most of the apps, Google says oh, there's an alert. This app was designed for an older version of Android and may not run correctly. This happens for most of the apps. So that Google should remove that. Otherwise, there is no use of the permission control. I think that is probably generic, though, uh, Austin, just like when you go to the Play Store and even apps that don't have any ads associated to them, you have that column that talks about, you know, the ads. And so I think it's just a general um, whatever in the event that something doesn't work, uh, then you know uh, you have to give it that permissions because some of the apps, you know, probably are from uh, so many years ago. And so it's Google just trying to, you know, cover all the bases. That's how I see it. That could get annoying quite quickly if you're doing that permissions thing with lots of apps, though. Yeah, well, it, it could be. But, you know, what we need to keep in mind is that not every uh, version of Android has that support. And so that's why we see this thing going on. Because if you have an older device, you know, it's, you know, one permission takes all, and that's what they're trying to prevent, and it's not good. Well, let's move on to our next segment, and that would be the spotlight. And again, I am delighted that we have Tal Hassan from Israel. And Tal Hassan is the developer of the multilingual TTS engine. And I know a lot of our re readers and listeners have been using that, and a lot of them swear by it. Tell how about you tell us how you got started about this uh, app, the uh, multilingual TTS engine. What led you to uh, doing this? Do you know of any blind people or you just generally wanted to develop a TTS engine and all of that? Because nowadays, you know, we have fewer and fewer um, TTS engines. It's not like what we used to have years back when we had so many of those things. And frankly, it was so nice to see another TTS engine coming to us on Android, um, a space that is kind of getting emptier and emptier. So 
Uh, talk to us about the history of the multilingual TTS engine. Yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to. So um, basically, um, I'm in the field of assistive technology in general for uh, a few years. I've done it as uh, volunteering for a lot of times. And in the last um, couple of years, um, I've established a company here in Israel that is uh, doing a custom assistive technology projects uh, for people usually with uh, extreme disabilities or a combination of disabilities. So people that, for example, are both blind and have problems moving their arms, for example. So some of the assistive technology solutions which are uh, relevant for blind people requires using uh, hands and on the other hand other solutions that are for people that having problems moving their hands sometimes has you know audible or visual feedback so in a lot of these cases we need to combine between uh, existing solutions and sometimes uh, develop custom solutions um, and by this working with our clients um, in the field, uh, combining a lot of different solutions, we ran into the the problem of uh, really using uh, either talk talkback or select to speak um, and other um, accessibility services uh, while you are speaking more than um, one language. Um, because in Israel, there are the audience in Israel is quite uh, varied, so we have a lot of uh, people obviously speaking uh, Hebrew, but also English and Spanish and Russian and Arabic, obviously, and um, a lot of uh, different languages. Um, so we started to develop it uh, to our clients. Um, and when we saw that we are using it more and more, we decided to um, uh, to release it as a generic uh, multilingual TTS uh, engine for Android. Um, so this is kind of the background of uh, how, we, how, how we got to develop the multilingual TTS. Um, hope that it answered the question. If, if there are more specific questions, I would love to answer. That's beautiful. So uh, tell us, were there any challenges you ran into when you are developing this app? Um, I know sometimes people say, hey, you know, developing for Android could be a little bit hard or especially for people with um, vision loss or, you know, those of us who are blind, how, uh, you know, oh, we're having difficulty because it's, it's something that takes so much time and all of that. Did you guys ran into any problems or, you know, unsurmountable uh, challenges that were just uh, beyond whatever? But I mean, you are here, but did you run into any problems of this nature? Um, I, I think the main problem that probably most of uh, Android uh, developers would uh, speak to is uh, the fact that there are a lot of different devices. And when you're developing something which is really to the core of the operating system, like um, like a text-to-speech engine, there are things that behaves very differently between different devices and different uh, um, Android uh, versions. Uh, so this is one of the main challenges that we faced. I think this is also one of the things that we are uh, striving to uh, improve as we go. And uh, we, we probably are not doing, uh, uh, you can never be, uh, you know, 100% uh, um, accurate or 100% uh, or um, 
good in, in each and every device. So we are still having uh, more things that we need to improve and we are working on it. But I guess this is one challenge. Um, the other thing is that we really try to improve the, um, the algorithm that detect the languages because one of the things that we ran into with our clients is that we saw a lot of, not a lot of, but we saw some other solutions out there that can switch uh, languages. But we identified two, many, two, two main problems that, that we had with our users, with our clients. The, the first one is that the accuracy is sometimes not that good, especially when it comes to languages which are uh, close to each other. For example, distinguishing between you know, Spanish and Italian, especially in short sentences, is something that can be hard. Um, and the second thing is really that some of these solutions weren't working properly with the short text. So the other challenge was really to um, to work on the algorithm of the language detection and make sure that it's able to run on a, on a device and also on low-cost devices. We really tried like the first uh, devices that we are developing for are devices which are, are really low-cost with a low amount of uh, memory and CPU because uh, we try to make it accessible for as much people as we can. And I think this is still also the area that we are uh, struggling with and, and, and work how to uh, further improve because it runs quite a sophisticated algorithm on, a, on, a, on, a, on simple devices. And we didn't want to get into, you know, forcing people to uh, have constant uh, internet connections for this or anything. We wanted it to run locally, uh, to work fast and, and, and cheap for the users. Um, these are the main challenges that we are facing. So presumably, um, this works with with things like TalkBack or any any apps that use uh, text to speech. Um, were you were you making an app for this to work with, like a self voicing app, or is this a TTS to use with any other app, or have you done both? Because I, I only tend to read stuff in English mostly, so I haven't tried it. Gotcha. So, so it's it's a great question. Uh, this is we developed it as um, as just yet another uh, text to speech engine for Android, so you can use it in any app. Uh, you can set it as the default text to speech engine of your uh, Android device. If you are working with um, any um, e-reader then you can set multilingual TTS as the text-to-speech engine that you can use. The app itself, when you download it and install it, is basically um, just a few screens to get the, uh, to work on the settings of the app and, uh, and try a few things if you want. But uh, it's, it's a generic uh, text-to-speech engine for Android. That's great because it's really flexible. Um, you can use it anywhere you want. That's um, that's exactly. that's wonderful, uh, and I like that with Android because uh, you know you can't do that, for example, with the iPhone. Yeah, true. It's, it's, it's something that's really lovely about Android. It's so much more flexible, isn't it? I agree. There's one part that you touched on earlier on, uh, Tal, that I'm really excited about, and it has to do with the uh, offline access because I think one of the earlier um, problems or some of the complaints that I was hearing about this was that 
one needed uh, internet access. But I'm glad that you have mentioned that you guys are prioritizing uh, offline uh, usage. I think because that is good, because not many people would have internet access all the time. And, um, you know, if one happens to be in an area with a bad connectivity, then one is tossed. If one has made that to be their default. So it's something, a scenario that we see happening with blind people now and then um, with uh, certain uh, TTS engines that may rely on checking things on the internet and therefore leaves one hanging in nowhere when there's no internet connectivity. So I'm glad you guys are working on that or have worked on that. Yeah, de definitely. I mean, one of the, first of all, we it's it's already working this way. So there is, you don't need any internet connection once you download it and install the app. Um, there is one, you know, disadvantage that we are working to improve as well. But the app is uh, taking a quiet space on the on the device. Uh, usually, something that you are able to uh, to run with. We didn't have any major issues with it, but. Obviously, if you are using internet connection and you are storing all the logic in a different place, you can have uh, a, an app in a smaller size. But we decided it's better to have the bigger size and obviously improve it as we go, uh, but avoid any internet connection. And indeed, this is the use case now. Obviously, because it's a multilingual TTS and the user can decide which text-to-speech engine to use for each language, uh, if you choose to use a network, uh, uh, voice, then it will require internet connection, but this is because of the underlying text-to-speech engine. Uh, but we require uh, no internet connection one, once you are working with it. So have you made voices or does it use other people's voices and just change language when the language changes? Because as I say, I've never tried it, so yeah. I know nothing. And maybe some of the listeners don't know either. So. Hopefully. Yeah, so ma yeah. yeah, maybe I'll give a, a brief. So basically, the, the multilingual TTS is, uh, you can look at it as a certain orchestrator or a distributor. You can define uh, in the settings what languages you are speaking. And then for each and every language, um, choose your preferred text-to-speech engine. Um, and then also, you know, your preferred um, speed and tone, etc. And then the multilingual TTS is going to identify for each and every piece of text um, what is the right language and use the underlying text-to-speech engine that you uh, that you choose. In parallel, we also developed um, a few uh, text-to-speech engines. The only one that is currently uh, uh, still available in, in Android is a Hebrew text-to-speech engine, uh, but that's a separate app. Um, yeah, I hope that it uh, answers the question. So if I used it, it would, for English, use the voices I've already got, would it? Is that exactly? Yeah. Exactly. And and if you are if you are speaking if you are you know if you're using only English, then obviously um, you have no real use for uh, for the multilingual TTS. No, but sometimes I do have read things in German, for example. But I don't know if you if it works in German. Um, uh, it is okay. Um, because that's that's really interesting to know then so it doesn't make your phone sound different but it makes it I, I like the fact that you can change the options for each language yeah because if I'm reading English I want it much faster than if I'm reading German 
for, Ex for instance. Exactly. Yeah, you can also choose stuff like you might you, you you may be reading stuff in a few different languages, but you want the numbers and the emojis to stay in in a single preferred language. So you can set it up as well. Oh or, wow! Uh, or you can set it up to work that that it's going to read the numbers in the you know last language that 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 was detected. So you you have like a few ways of uh, flexibility there. Um, yeah, that's great. I sometimes I'm a singer. So I sometimes, also a churchgoer, and I sometimes read things in Latin. Is there a Latin text-to-speech engine? Um, I think there are a few Latin text-to-speech engines. Um, and in terms of the, the languages that are supported by multilingual TTS, these are quite a lot of languages. I think it's uh, around 100 languages. And it mm. means that we are able to detect uh, from these uh, languages in uh, quite a uh, high accuracy and quality. But then, as I mentioned, it depends on, I mean, you, you do still need to have um, a text-to-speech engine in this, in the language that you uh, speak or want to read in. You need to have it installed on your device. Um, so I, I think... I don't, we also get from users, you know, requ requests for additional languages to add. I think we are currently at a phase that we pretty much added everything that we were uh, requested to. Um, so it's there. Um, and what if, what if I want, for example, my phone to speak in German, but I haven't installed a TTS yet? Will it take, will it recommend some or will it just say that I have to find uh so, tts is in that language so it uh it, it's a great question first of all it will let you know that you don't have a german text-to-speech engine uh, set up on your device yet um and then it will it depends on the language because sometimes th there are languages that we don't have specific uh, recommendations if there are specific recommendations, it will let you know that you might want to look for a text-to-speech engine in this language in the Google Play Store. And if we have specific recommendation, we can also let you look for Vocalizer, for example, or any other uh, languages that, any other, excuse me, uh, text-to-speech engine that we know that has these languages. Lovely, okay, thanks. Uh, so tell me, uh, Tal, does this thing, uh, does it do, you know, like, on the fly, for instance. So it's not like an auto language uh, switcher. Um, so let's say I'm reading something in English and then, you know, maybe the author decided to throw in a little bit of Italian, you know, like a line or two in Italian. Would it like read it to me in Italian or I would have needed to um, uh, make sure that I have an Italian supported, uh, you know, TTS engine installed? So you would need to have uh, an Italian-supported text-to-speech engine. Um, by the way, a lot of the common languages does have some kind of uh, voice pretty much uh, for most of the people installed on their device because most of us has, you know, the Google TTS or Samsung TTS installed and some of us are using Vocalizer. And these, these engines usually have already voices uh, installed for a lot of languages. and um, and the multilingual TTS uh, knows how to, to scan all the voices and text-to-speech engines that you have on your device and use whatever exists. 
Um, so if there is nothing, it wouldn't know how to read it, and then it would, you know, fall back to your default language. Um, but if you have it, would yeah, it would definitely read it in Italian. <laughs> Does it slow down your phone then if it's looking for these other languages all the time when it's reading to you? Um, or does it, um, you know, have you done quite a lot of work to make sure that's not too much of a problem? Because I know that using TalkBack, you know, runs down the battery and I think possibly slows, can slow the phone down sometimes, especially the cheaper end phone. So I'm wondering, has that been a problem at all? So this was definitely one of the main challenges that we worked in and uh, worked on. I'm I'm very glad to say that it's um, it, it doesn't really slow the phone and there aren't uh, uh, many delays. We do we do get from uh, time to time, um, you know, new use cases for specific devices or specific uh, versions that experience in certain cases a delay, and then uh, we look at it and we improve accordingly. Um, but definitely, that was one of the main things that we needed to uh, to work on. And I can say that we also use a certain um, heuristic to have like a, a fallback. So if, for example, we run into a situation or a sentence in which we are, the, the algorithm identifies that uh, detecting the language uh, takes too long, um, we're going to use a fallback for a, for a default language and then do the processing uh, in the backend. So in the next time, it will work faster. Is, is the app always on the phone or can some people put it on the memory card or would that, again, affect the speed? I'm just thinking of, again, lower cost phones. They often have a memory card slot. So I don't know how large the app is. So um, it, it can work on both. Um, I think that most people, um, from what we know, are working, are installing it on the internal uh, storage and not on the memory card, but it can work on both. Um, usually. I mean, as a general uh, rule for uh, for Android users, I would say that apps that you are using quite often, and definitely if these are text-to-speech engines and you are using uh, TalkBack or Select-to-Speak or stuff that you are really using in order to operate your system, um, it would always, almost always be advised to, uh, to store them on your internal storage. So this is kind of the, the best practice, I would say. Yeah, maybe keep your music and books and stuff on your memory card instead. Exactly, exactly. I definitely agree with that because it would make no sense to have a TTS engine on a slower SD card. Uh, it exactly. wouldn't make sense at all. Yeah. Definitely. Well, this has been great, uh, Tal. And if people want to try it, I think you guys do offer some trial. And then after that... Uh, you know, if one wants to buy it, how much does it cost? I know that here in the States, it's like, uh, what is it, $4.99? And yeah. is that standard across the globe or is it uh, different um, in terms of prices? Is it different in different regions or is just that same uh, one, same flat price of $4.99? So... If I remember properly, it's uh, it's for ninety nine across the globe. I do think that uh, we did some adjustments for uh, uh, countries uh, that have um, 
majority of people with a, a, a lower social economic uh, condition and uh, and and quite a large audience of uh, of blind people because we, we do want it to help um, as much people as we can um, and we can i mean any user can always you know send us uh, emails to our support email and and we can help with whatever is uh, required even if the trial is not enough or whatever and as you mentioned whenever someone downloads it uh, you can use the app for free for quite a while um it, there is a certain limit of number of requests or i would say sentences that uh, uh that it's going to read for you and it's in the you know tens of thousands of sentences and once um once this uh, trial is over, you would need uh, to purchase it, but it usually really gives you enough time to understand whether you are really satisfied or not. Thank you so much. That has been very helpful. And I really appreciate the fact that you guys are looking into that and knowing that there are certain parts of the world that you know this amount may be a little bit too high for someone yeah. and so giving that consideration and adjusting it i think that makes the whole sense thank yeah you. thank you yeah. i think it's good that you've done a trial as well because some apps they just expect you to buy them exactly so yeah, we, thank we, you for doing that as well thank you thank you very much i mean i think you know and it's specifically in this app we are trying to really get to as much people as we can and we are not trying to, you know, to make millions out of this app. It's mainly, you know, to have, uh, to be able and main maintain the development and maintenance of this app. Um, so we are doing our best to get to as much people as we can and still maintain a quality app. Um, and I hope we will manage to uh, succeed this way. Thank you so much, Tal. And so if something happens you guys update it and or you have some major changes would you be willing to come back again and chat with us because you know sometimes things happen and you know new things get introduced and all of that would you be willing to come back and sit down with blind android users and chat about this uh, new changes yeah definitely great would love to thank you so much we appreciate it we now move on to Austin's unboxing of the Pixel 6a. Austin decided to go get the Pixel 6a, and although it's a little bit belated, we were hoping to unbox it live on the podcast last week, but for some reason, uh, the Indian shipper didn't send it on time, right, Austin? So that thing didn't show up till sometime uh, this week. Was it Tuesday or Monday yeah, it, that it, it showed came up? on Monday. My, my time, Monday afternoon. Oh, what a shame. So anyway, yeah. here is Austin to unbox or showing you the unboxing of that Pixel 6a. This is the unboxing of the Pixel 6a series of phone that we got. The box is in a triangular shape. It's very light box, so I don't know what is there inside. Let us see, open and see in the box what is there. The box is completely sealed. This is the box of the Google Pixel 6a. And as you can see, it's a very slim box. Very, very slim. Yeah. 
it's a very slim box and now i'm going to open the box and see if we have the phone inside or no we have it sealed so i think there is a phone inside but it's very slim so definitely there is no charger this phone i purchased in india for 44000 but i changed the old one plus 60 that i had and got it for 32000 and it's a complicated seal which you are breaking with scissors and this is the phone very slim phone the description of the phone is that it has got this screen protector at the front which i'm going to peel out and it has got a nice screen a full edge to edge display there is no earphone jack there is a slot on the top there is a very full size camera bump and down we have the charging slot we have a speaker we have the power button on the right and the volume button on the right below the power button and the left side we have one sim card slot there is an e sim support along with the phone now we get a usb c cable and that is it there is no charger unfortunately we get a small box inside a box and in this if you open it there is a user manual and a sim card ejection pin and a usb c to usb a adapter now i'm going to switch on the phone and it smells new i like the smell of the new phone this got this plastic body it's a plastic body and it has got a nice dimple at the side between the power and volume buttons there is no fingerprint scanner at the back the fingerprint scanner is in the display itself now the phone is starting so the countdown begins now there's got a tensor chip of google and there was a slight vibration and let me just press both the volume buttons now there is a vibration like it's heartbeat back on welcome to talk back Welcome to Talkback, page 1 of 5. Talkback is a screen reader intended for situations or people who have difficulty seeing the screen. So it's a it very, gives you spoken feedback so that it's a very loud speaker and what I'm going to do now is I'm going to complete the setup of the phone and once the setup is done then I will give you my review of the speaker, the audio recording and how it sounds. for the best experience i would suggest you to see this video on the youtube channel 
because YouTube makes the audio in stereo, whereas Anchor makes the audio as mono. So I will come back after the setup is completed. That's it from the unboxing section of the Pixel 6a. This sample has been recorded on the Pixel 6a. This is the audio quality of the recording. This is recorded using the HiQ MP3 player. And I went into the settings and selected raw audio. And then I'm recording this. So I had described the phone while unboxing it. But I'm going to give a long description now. The phone has mics on the top and at the bottom. The bottom uh, mic looks like a speaker, but it's slightly smaller. Uh, to the right, it has a power button and volume up and volume down and nothing. To the left, now there was a question on our mailing list, where does the SIM card on this phone? You move your finger around the left frame and two inches from the bottom, not two inches, about an inch or an inch and a half, you should feel a hole. There you would put your SIM card pin and eject the SIM card tray. There is no mics or no other holes at the left, so you can't damage anything. The phone comes with a tensor chip which is equivalent to the Exynos latest chip available and however it performs a little better than the Exynos chip. It has an in-display fingerprint sensor and it has a camera bump which is flat but big. This recording is done after enrolling the phone in Android 13 beta. Although it is not wise to enroll the device at this stage, but I would recommend if you have the phone, you enroll it in the beta because now comes the bugs of the phone. The fingerprint sensor on Android 12 was very, very slow and sluggish. It would recognize one out of four or some attempts and I was just thinking, this phone is expensive. Why is this so sluggish? Google had rolled an update on Android 12, which fixed it, but I did not get the update. Before the update came to me, the Android 13 beta was pushed live. So I enrolled in the beta. The beta fixes the sensor. It is slow. You have to hold your finger for a little long time. It recognizes two out of three attempts, which is okay, better compared to Android 12. Another bug is if you would do something very heavy with the phone, like play some games or stream 4K video on YouTube or even record video for some time or even use mobile data, the left side of the phone gets hot to touch and if you live in a hot country you will get a notification saying that the phone is overheated when it comes to the battery life um, it has a 40, 
4 10 mAh battery which will give you a day's life on Wi-Fi but on mobile data you will get 12 to 14 hours this includes screen on time as well as standby time there was another funny bug which is not fixed in Android 13 uh, unfortunately when you call someone the top speaker makes a very funny sound it's like a popping sound with a ringtone uh, attached to it I'm going to show you the sound when I show you the speaker quality which is coming in next so this is the speaker quality of the phone video player someone who you want to be and like how you see yourself I guess there is a nice separation between the stereo speakers So now I'm going to show you that strange bug that I was talking to you about about the top speakers popping when you call someone. I'm going to call someone and let's see if this mic can catch that bug. Zero. Dial. Button. Phone. Selected. Calling. Sound settings. So you can hear that popping sound that the speaker is making. So that is it from my unboxing slash review of the Pixel 6a. Over to Warren for any additional comments. Thanks for that, Austin. And the Pixel 6a is a nice phone. So if one has the money to buy it i think it's something one could get because it's a nice uh, mid-range phone yet in the same breath it's using the same chip that your pixel 6 uses so you are getting both worlds and uh if anything i know sighted people talk about the fact that it's a 60 hertz refresh rate and all of that um but you know for me or most of us that do not necessarily care about the screen I mean, 60 hertz is still uh, decent, but um, I don't care about that. So I'm after that raw performance, and it does have that raw performance. So if you're looking for a phone, affordable phone, this will be one to get. How are you finding it now, Austin, since you've uh, unboxed it? How's it going using it? Yeah, so after the unboxing, the problem, the only problem with the phone is the fingerprint sensor is slow. And even on Android 13 beta, it is not fixed. It does miss out on some unlock attempts. And when you use mobile data for a long time, the phone tends to heat up. So these are the two problems that I'm facing. 
Yeah, that happens to me sometimes with Samsungs. So maybe it's a software issue partly as well. Because when I turn on Wi-Fi, it, it doesn't happen. And that could be that maybe the connectivity is kind of like struggling. You know, one does not have a good coverage or whatever. So, of course, the phone is constantly uh, trying to figure out how to go about it. No, of course, I, have the whole, I have the whole bar of coverage. Yeah, but if it doesn't happen on Wi-Fi, then frankly, there's something going on yeah. with that mobile uh, data. That's, people, are saying, not... people are saying it's the modem okay. that the phone uses. Ah, so it's a, a widely acknowledged problem then. Yeah. So that's it about the Pixel unboxing, the Pixel 6a. And now to close today's episode, we will jump on to the TalkBack highlights. We continue now with our theme of highlights from TalkBack. This is installment 47. In our last installment, installment 46, we saw the double tapping and holding with four fingers to do the system pass-through. We continue with the four-finger heading and today we'll be looking at the fourth entry in that heading. For today's demonstration, I'll be using my Pixel 6 Pro with Android 13 Beta 4.1 and with TalkBack 13.0. For the Speech TTS, I'll be using Google Speech Services. I am on my home screen and instead of tapping with three fingers to invoke the TalkBack menu, I'm doing it the nostalgic method that is swiping down with one finger and curving to the right to bring up the TalkBack menu. So in other words, if you have an Android phone that is running anything lower than Android 12, you can activate your TalkBack menu by drawing a line downward and curving to the right to bring up that TalkBack menu. If you have TalkBack 12 or higher, however, you could simply tap with three fingers. Like I said, though, I'm going to use that nostalgic method that's swiping down and curving to the right to bring up my TalkBack menu. I'll now swipe down and curve to the right to bring up the TalkBack menu. TalkBack menu. Actions in list. Here I am in the TalkBack menu. The item I'm after here will be the TalkBack settings. I'll put down my finger and tap on TalkBack Settings. TalkBack Settings. Here is TalkBack Settings, and I'll tap here to activate. TalkBack Settings. Navigate up, button, out of list. I am now in the TalkBack Settings, and the item I'm after here is the customized gestures. If you have a phone that's not tall enough, however, then you would need to scroll down the page and you scroll down the page or scroll down the screen by putting two fingers in the middle of the phone and then gliding them upwards and that in turn scrolls down your page. I'll put my finger down and tap on Customize Gestures. Customize Gestures in List. Here is Customize Gestures and I'll now tap here to activate this item. Customize gestures out of list. I am now on the customization page of our gestures, and this is when we switch our granularity or our mode to the heading mode. 
In other words, you need to change your mode to the heading mode. Again and again, I have indicated that we have one or three methods of doing so. The first method is the one I preferred, and that's the scrubbing up and down with one single finger, and that changes your granularity or your modes. If you, however, prefer using three fingers, then you could swipe down or swipe from left to right or from right to left with three fingers to change your granularities. Once you have that, now that we are in headings mode, then all we need to do is swipe down with one finger and keep doing so until we hear the heading four fingers. I do believe that I am already in my heading granularity and now we'll simply swipe down with one finger until I get to that four finger heading. Here I go swiping down. One finger heading in list. Swipe down. One finger back and forth heading. Swipe down. One finger angle heading. Showing item 7 to 17 of 51. Swipe down. Two fingers, heading, showing item 17 to 26 of 51. We are now to the two fingers heading. I'll swipe down again. Three fingers, heading, in list. Here is three fingers, and swiping one more time, now will place us on the four finger heading. I'll swipe down. Four fingers, heading, in list. Here is four fingers heading. And as I indicated earlier, we have seen three items within this heading. And for refresher, these are the three that we already have seen. And here are those items. Tap with four fingers, practice gestures. Next. Double tap with four fingers, open tutorial. Showing items 36 to 45 of 51. And the last one we saw last week, and that was installment 46, was... Double tap and hold with four fingers, pass through system gesture. Showing items 42 to 51 of 51. And now, here's the one we're looking at today, and that will be... Triple tap with four fingers, tap to assign. Triple tap with four fingers, tap to assign. In other words... This gesture of triple tapping with four fingers has not been assigned to any particular gesture. Thus, you can assign this to any gesture that you would like to use the triple tap with four finger for. For instance, if I tap here, triple tap with four fingers, tap to assign, checked, in list, showing items 1 to 16 of 56. And so I'm going to look Add a different. Let's look at some of these items that we could uh, assign this to or reassign this to. In other words, if you have a gesture that you have with some item that you don't like using that gesture for, and if you would rather have this triple tapping with four fingers reassigned to that, you could change that. So let's look at these things as they are arranged under headings. The first heading here would be Basic Navigation, Heading. So, under Basic Navigation, we have the following. In other words, you could assign this to any of these gestures if that is what you prefer. Here are some of these items. I'm not going to go through all the items, but at least under every heading, I'll show you maybe like two or three items in that heading, and you can look them up for yourself. Here's what we've got 
under the first basic heading. Tab. Tab. In other words, if you want to reassign this four-finger triple tap to something else, like tapping to activate something, then you could do that. Next. Touch and hold. Touch and hold. In other words, if you want to assign this for a long pressing instead, then you could reassign that. Let's go to the next. Previous item. Previous item. Let's move to the next heading, and that heading will be... System Actions, Heading. System Actions. And here's what we got, or some of the things we have underneath that system heading. Home. You could reassign that to home. Back. Or back. Overview. Overview. Notifications. Notifications. Let's move to the next heading, and that heading will be... Reading. Heading. This is the reading heading. So in other words, you could use this, reassign this to any of these reading controls. And some of these controls would include the following. Read from top. You could assign that triple tapping with four fingers to read from top. Read from next item. Or read from next item. Pause or resume speech. Pause or resume speech. Turn speech on or off. Turn speech on or off. In other words, if you want to assign this to muting and unmuting TalkBack, then you could just tap here to do that. Let's go to the next heading. I'm sorry for that interruption. Menu and controls, heading. Menu Showing items controls, 31 to 40. And we've got... Open TalkBack menu. TalkBack menu. Previous reading control. Previous reading. Next reading control. Let's move to the next heading. Text editing, heading. Under text editing, we've got some of these items. Start or end selection mode. Move cursor to beginning. Move cursor to end. Select all. Let's move to the next heading. Other, heading. Showing I other, and this will be the last heading. And some of the items found under the other heading would include play or pause media. Start voice command. Screen search. Pass through system gesture. And more. And that's what we mean by reassigning it. So if you would rather reassign this unassigned triple tap with four fingers to something, then you tap on that and make your selection from any of these items as you would desire. And that concludes this installment. And with that, we conclude today's episode. And Austin will give you a way on how to contact us. For people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandreducers.com. They can browse our website, blindandreducers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blindandreducers. Subscribe to our mailing list, blindandreducers. Plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week. And from me, guys, goodbye. Bye. Later. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another clip from the Blind Android Users channel. Don't forget to hit the 
that subscribe button so you're notified of every new material that we upload. Thanks again for listening to the Blind Android Users channel.